everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the Carousel Project. This week we are talking about 100 years of magic, a huge celebration that kicked off at the Walt Disney World Resort on October 1st, 2001. I am so excited about this topic because I, I know I was eight at the time so I was definitely going to Disney back then and um, I do remember some aspects of it but it was really fun to research and dive in a little bit more now that it's been 20 years almost 20 years later that's crazy October will be 20 years later I didn't get to go to this so I went for the millennium celebration and I know because well I don't know now I'm doubting I wish I need to try to find out when I went to the parks when I was four because Mm -hmm. it could have been during this because the thing was still on top of Spaceship Earth from the Millennium Celebration, yeah. but I don't know if it said 2000 or if it said Epcot because they kept that up for a while. They did. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have a picture with like the sorcerer's hat from when I was a kid because I feel like that would really be the telltale sign. Mm-hmm. But I think we went in 2000. I don't think we went in 2001 because my brother was born in 2001. So I just don't think we would have went then. And he wasn't born yet. So yeah, I, I must have not been. Well, now that you're saying that, we definitely need to do a future episode on the Millennium Millennium Celebration. Celebration. Um, I know Nick's family, my husband Nick's family, that was the trip they finally went and took him and his three brothers. That's so cute. And so I feel like that was, I would love to see the marketing campaigns and things behind that because I feel like they got a huge push of people visiting the park that was, we're only going to go once or once every 10 years for the year 2000. But yes, and I have so many fun stories that I was just about to start talking about I literally had to remind myself like no we're gonna do an episode (laughs) wrong year um but I do think it's crazy while we're talking about the millennium celebration not to get into it too deeply but this celebration as we just said the hundred years of magic started on October 1st 2001 so that was right back to back to the millennium celebration so two big celebrations back to back a lot going on at the Walt Disney World Resort at this time I also think the date is really really interesting because Walt's birthday Walt's 100th birthday would have been December 5th 2001 Yes. Um, and that's my birthday. My birthday is also December 5th. But hair I really flip. wondered why they exactly hair flip my favorite <laughs> thing about myself, honestly. Um, yeah. But I don't understand why they didn't start the celebration on his actual birthday. Yes. And I would love to, maybe that's something I'm going to Google really quickly while you talk a little okay. bit, Kate. Because I wonder when the Millennium Celebration ended like maybe they just kind of like didn't want any time between the two because it's very strange that they put it on the anniversary of the resort not on his birthday if the whole thing was about Walt very weird yeah so for me just speculating I'm assuming they were like we're gonna double dip here it's the 30th for Walt Disney World and about two months later it will be the 100th birthday of Walt Disney let's just start it off on October 1st it's a good date it's already an anniversary but yeah I Mm -hmm. was like you I was assuming it was going to be December 5th that it started not October 1st but I think they were just kind of like trying to double dip um where I feel for the marketing and promotional teams behind this whole idea was the fact that less than a month before this 9-11 happened and so I can only imagine how that affected the numbers Mm -hmm. and people traveling um, for this celebration that started October 1st. 
And I know that we'll get into that. Kate really knows a lot of information. It's kind of crazy to me, and I think it's crazy in any business, but especially when we talk about Disney, Mm -hmm. to think about the way a tragedy like 9-11, you know, it impacted a lot of things, of course, in the country and was a tragic, tragic loss. Um, But... I think it was, um, it's really interesting how it ended up impacting the Walt Disney World Resort, obviously travel in general, um, but definitely will come into play in this episode. But you're right. It definitely must have been, hey, let's start on the 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that 2001, which I should have thought is like a year ending in a one. So it was a big anniversary. I I didn't (laughs) think about that. It didn't click for me either. It didn't click until I was looking and I was was, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was so stuck on, I was so stuck on it not being on Walt's birthday that I was like, why? But you're right. That would have been the 30th anniversary. And that makes a lot more sense to Mm -hmm. to start then. So I definitely think you're right. But I think there's so much to talk about guys. Like this episode is, is going to be huge. Like there is so much that went into the hundred years of magic. And I think it's especially cool as we're approaching the 50th anniversary right now. I have to say the hundred years of magic I mean, makes the 50th just, it, there's so much. They did so much for this. Well, I'm literally getting chills thinking about the fact that we are only a few months away from this celebration existing 20 years ago. And that's just because, duh, math, 50 years is coming up. But for me, that's crazy because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Like 2001, I know it was 20 years ago, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that long ago. I guess no. because the sorcerer's hat hung around for so much longer after. Um, but it, it's it's just so crazy. It doesn't seem like it was almost two decades ago. Yeah, I definitely think the Sorcerer's Hat, which we'll dive into, has so much of an impact. But yeah, it's really exciting. Kate and I actually go to pretty much all of the anniversaries we can together. And we just got our tickets secured, of course, right now. Who knows what this is going to exist in a few years. But with the reservation system, we both just got our reservations for October 1st, 2021. We have talked about going to the 50th anniversary together for years, years. So very exciting and this is very a cool timing so I don't know what do you want to talk about first there are so many things that I'm excited about so many things I don't know um I I okay I would like to start with I watched the the vacation planning tape for this celebration specifically and I just had I just had a few points that I wanted to point out to start yes absolutely feel free to to cut in but the first thing that stood out to me um well first of all we should say i'm gonna put a link in the show notes but this hundred years of magic planning video they were big on the nostalgia factor from a marketing perspective they had a bunch of old did you end up watching this video I think I I think we watched the same one. Mine okay. it was linked as like Hundred Years of Magic VHS. Yes. But yes, I think it's it was the same this. Thing. Yes, and I completely agree. So keep going where you're going because that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, perfect. So yeah, I I loved that um, from a from a marketing promotion standpoint, their way of pushing people with this video to plan this trip was think about yourself going to Disney and imagine yourself bringing your kids and seeing it through their eyes for the Hundred Years of Magic celebration. And they mm-hmm. mentioned watching the wonderful world of Disney on TV and I yes. I loved I was tearing up watching it and I, I I thought that that was such a smart move to get people to plan their trips to come to the park now I don't know if you picked up on this but this was really weird for me they started out talking about my favorite park MGM Studios but they called it something different they called it yes. Disney Studios Studios and I was yes. like 
what? Like, I paused it, record scratch, I went and looked. There is no mention anywhere online where they changed the name because, as you know, it was still Disney MGM Studios until January 6th of 2008, another almost seven years. So for me, it was odd that they were calling it Disney Studios multiple times in this video. What did you think about Not that? only, I, I'm so glad you picked yes. up on it. I thought I was crazy. And honestly, <laughs> I was like, oh, they must have changed the name. I, I've been rushing around this morning, yeah. so I wasn't able to dig into it. So I'm glad that you did, yes. which is why we're perfect partners. Yeah. Um, but not only did they refer to it as Disney Studios, but on the bottom of the screen, yes. um, there was a logo that said Disney Studios. So it's not just that they referred to the nomenclature wrong or something like that. There was a specific logo that said Disney Studios. Yes. Um, um, and again, nomenclature with Disney is huge. Working in internal communications, working with a larger public affairs team, and just even if you go on a Disney-like tour with a tour guide or anything like that, Disney nomenclature is huge. And when you work at the company, you are supposed to refer to things as what they are called. When mm -hmm. I worked at the Castle Couture gift shop, it was Castle Couture. When you refer to a ride, even if it has a long name, you're supposed yep. to use the entire name of that ride or land. So, yes, very, very strange. Very strange that there was a logo. Very, like, I, I don't know. Yes. Maybe they were thinking there was going to be a, a, a change and then MGM signed back on, and but the video was already made. I truly don't so, know. I don't even know how we would find that out. Yeah, so that's what, I, that's part of the reason I feel like I did not have enough time to research this entire situation because there was so much but I did I spent a good amount of time trying to find did they have a spat back then but obviously they didn't make the change to MGM Studios until almost seven like about seven years later um to DHS so I think maybe it was just a marketing tactic since they had the new um sorcerer hat and they were maybe trying to feed into the idea of Walt having the Disney studios where you know he did his films and stuff back in the day and it was all about Walt so um I noticed when Jim Corcus was talking he continued to call it Disney studios um and so that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking since MGM Studios was the hat quarters as they called it for the celebration maybe they decided to focus less on the idea of Disney MGM Studios and just did Disney Studios maybe they were hoping no one would notice because I looked at the maps that I could find from 2001 and it does not say Disney Studios it says Disney MGM Studios so I don't know it's if it was just strange. a weird video thing I know I'm talking about this a lot but it, with the park that has changed its name so many times I was like when did this happen <laughs> Um, but it didn't. It didn't yeah, happen. But I think that's happen. crazy. And you mentioned this, how Disney's Hollywood Studios was the headquarters for this celebration. We yes. all know that Disney's Hollywood Studios got the 12-story high Sorcerer Mickey hat mm -hmm. that everybody thought was the icon, which we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it is absolutely such a crazy choice, but I think it makes sense. And I think it makes sense because Walt had such a connection to what that park was, not only right now, but especially back then when it was so much more about the movie industry and about Hollywood and about the production of films. Mm -hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense that that is where they decided to talk about Walt, especially his career. Um, yes. Of course he had connections to the park. Of course he had connections to Epcot and, and Walt and uh, Magic Kingdom, but I definitely think it makes more sense that they were trying to come at it from an angle of like celebrating his career. Agreed. And I really like that. We don't really see Disney's Hollywood Studios as the star of the show. And again, the year before that, the Millennium Celebration, they made Epcot the star of that. 
as you know, I haven't done enough research on that episode and maybe people who have gone can say I'm wrong, but they put their huge icon for the millennium celebration on spaceship earth. And so Epcot was, and they got a special parade for it. So Epcot was really the star of the show for the millennium celebration. And then a year later for a hundred years of magic, it was Disney's, um, it was Disney MGM studios, Disney studios, um, (laughs) depending on who you asked, if you asked the video, but yes, what I loved about that video is I, I wrote in my notes, it brings together family history, the history of family Disney trips. I love that they talked about Walt watching Walt on Sundays. Yes, they made it very much like, remember those Sundays where you would watch Walt on TV? Because it was supposed to be, I mean, think of this. This was 20 years ago, and they were talking to people who were bringing their children, so maybe yes. 20 to 30 years before that. So that timeline would make sense, and I think it was really smart, especially because they were trying to connect this celebration to Walt. Um, and I remember I've read through a lot of press releases from the company, which I love because that's where you get like the most fact actual information Mm -hmm. but it was saying something about I want to say it was 15% and don't misquote me the the link to the press releases will be in the show notes Mm -hmm. um but it said about 15% of people didn't know Walt Disney was a real person what um and that they thought he wasn't a real person that he was just kind of like the name of the company um and that's something that I think is really interesting that they were trying to fight against um for those who don't know Walt Disney World was named Walt Disney World because of Walt's death, Roy, it was originally just supposed to be Disney World, just like when we look at all the other Disney parks across the world, it's just Disneyland. Tokyo Mm -hmm. Disney Sea. Walt Disney World is the only one that has Walt in the name. And that's because, you know, this was his dying wish. This was his last project. And his brother Roy really wanted to make sure that his memory was preserved. Um, And that's why I think that this was so cool and that it was so cool that it happened at Walt Disney World Resort. I also have to say, though, I'm surprised this hundreds years of magic. They put a lot into this. We're going to dive deeper into um, the partnerships they had with different companies. And I'm very surprised it wasn't a bi-coastal celebration and that there was nothing at California especially because Walt has such deep roots in California he never was at the Walt Disney World parks and in in Disneyland we have Walt's um apartment over the fire station he was actually in that park Mm -hmm. so I was very surprised that this celebration was only in Walt Disney World well I want I will agree with you on that but you're talking you're talking through the um the logic behind the name Walt Disney World and everything is kind of clearing it up for me without knowing the answer but I would I was the same way because I had not been to Disneyland at that time so I just assumed Mm -hmm. they had stuff going on similar to you know year of a million dreams there was something going on on both coasts but I was shocked to find out it was only here Mm -hmm. for or Florida so I'm thinking now that you're saying that the whole idea behind Walt Disney World versus being called Disney World all of that Mm -hmm. it may have just been there because that was the park that was a tribute to Walt. That would and make I think sense it to also, me. That makes sense to me, but also think about this is 2001. This is not that long after we had the opening of Disney's MGM Studios slash Disney Studios slash whatever they're yeah. calling it at this time. Um, it was not that long after that. Animal Kingdom was still a A very new baby little park. In that video, in that VHS that we're still kind of chatting about, one of the things they mentioned was they kind of went through time, like this timeline, right? And it started Mm -hmm. on, remember Sunday nights as a kid, you were watching Walt, and then you came to the park, and it was so much fun. 
and then you now you're a parent and you thought it was magical as a kid but now you're going to come back with your children it's going to be even more magical and I don't remember exactly verbatim what they said but they said something along the lines of now you've made it to Walt Disney World and they made it like Walt Disney World was like the the cream of the crop the end all be all of Disney experiences like that was the end of this timeline like you've already been to Disneyland as a kid because remember for some of the for, for the audience they were talking to the parents Disney um, they, they probably hadn't been to Disney World as kids. Mm-hmm. Like the timeline that they were trying to set up makes more sense. So I feel like they kind of made it like Disneyland is the past or your past. And now you're going to make it to Walt Disney World with your kids. And so I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, I love that they centered it at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I thought that was really cool. The video was really cool. One thing they said was one of the people in that videos, which this video was, Kate will probably know the answer. I don't know how people got their hands on this video. Was it just sent to your house? Because I never had one, but Kate did. (laughs) I had a 1996 video. Um, So basically I'm thinking it was just a marketing situation. Like if you Mm -hmm. reached out to Disney about wanting to plan a trip, they would send you over a package and it would come with this VHS. I know I lived watching my 1996 VHS for years later. Um, So I'm assuming anybody that reached out to Disney about planning a trip for 2001 and beyond, this was the tape that they got. Um, And I'm also assuming like people who, probably people who um, planned a lot of trips, like if they knew people were coming every year and had that information, they would probably send them one of these videos. It's basically a, I think it's a 37 minutes long, Mm -hmm. but it's basically a giant commercial. These videos, and there are many from throughout the years, are basically giant long commercials. Kind of picture what you watch on the TV at Disney, like must do Disney, but for the year, and it would be sent on a VHS tape, like straight to your house. Yeah. Um, But I loved that they said that this celebration was not only celebrating Walt Disney's life, but all the lives that came after it, which I thought was really cool. Like, again, it was trying to say, like, we're celebrating Walt Disney's life, but in doing that, we're celebrating your life and your journey because of Walt, like your experiences, your family memories, the things that are important to you because of Walt Disney. And I thought that was really smart. They kept connecting it back to him. Again, as a huge Walt Disney fan, like that is how I got into Disney was Mm -hmm. learning about Walt Disney. I love that this celebration was all about his birthday because now in the parks, we get a pin that's released for Walt Disney Day, which again is my birthday. Um, But normally it's released just a few days before because I think they release pins now on Thursdays. And that's really it. Like they don't even, I wish they did a little bit more because I'm sure there are still people who don't know that Walt Disney is a person. I mean, if they didn't in 2001, I'm assuming that 20 years later, there's maybe some people who don't. And I don't know. I wish they even did like a special dessert or something for his birthday, I think is always really fun. I mean, I guess that tracks because we grew up in the Disney decade where Disney was just a household name, like the term Disney, the movies, everything. So I guess there are some people out there who didn't know who started all of this, that they, they probably just think Disney is a name, not a person. I mean, in 2021, I have no idea how that exists, but I mean, I guess in 2001, um, that was a thing. One thing for me about this video that I thought was really cool as a total Disney history dork is that Jim Corcus 
played such a big part in the video. He is mm-hmm. the person who coined the term Disney historian, basically everything oh, I want to so be. Cool. And yes. on the video, it says Jim Corcus, Disney historian. And it was so weird because mm. I had just pulled up an article by him on another site while I was watching. And then I see him on the screen and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We're so. speaking it into existence. Kate is going to be a Disney historian. <laughs> She's going to work with the archives. I am going to work more on the Imagineering side and communication. That. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what's going to happen. That's it's not an if, it's yes, a win. It's a win. So <laughs> I thought that was really that was really cool on multiple levels that they mm-hmm. got, in my opinion, the cream of the crop to really explain the importance and the excitement behind this celebration. Um yeah. because he knows so much about the history of Disney and the parks and everything. So I loved getting his takes on what was going on in each park. Um, and I'm sure we're going to include the link to this video in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so people absolutely. can experience it themselves. I wanted to talk through, I think maybe the smartest thing to do is go park by park. Okay. Yeah. Talking about the things that they had in them and then ending with like the cool things that were in like each park for the celebration. Um, and you know, we kind of jump around here. Um, but I thought it was really interesting starting with Magic Kingdom the magic carpets of Aladdin opened at this time. And we know from our, our deep dive of maps, just from the studying of this time, Aladdin and Jasmine were it. Like they were really pushing them the, the years leading up to this. Yeah. Um, and so what I thought was really cool was the magic carpets of Aladdin opened for this celebration. And it was the first new attraction in Magic Kingdom since Pirates of the Caribbean in 1973, which is absolutely crazy. Also to mention, I think a lot of people think Pirates of the Caribbean was an opening day attraction. It actually was not. It was not supposed to be in (laughs) Disney World. According to what I was taught when I was working at like Club 33 and we were getting taught about different like Disney history facts to share with the guests. um, It was because at Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean had such a great reputation that when guests started coming to Walt Disney World, they kept going up to cast members being like, where is the pirate ride? And cast members were like, oh, sorry, that doesn't exist here. That's at Disneyland. Um, And it became like, kind of this big guest dissatisfier that they thought they were going to get to go on this iconic ride. It wasn't there. So anyway, yes, Magic Kingdom, they gave in only two years after the park opened. So very quickly, they turned around and they added Pirates of the Caribbean. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I'd love to see a picture of what that area looked like before the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. I I guess it was just a big open area because it's kind of right in that center there. Well, I was watching a TikTok from the Mouselets the other yesterday, and they shared a fun fact that um, the pieces of there's like colorful pieces on the ground. Apparently, that's Mm -hmm. a piece of the building that used to stand where Magic Carpets of Aladdin is now so so I want to look this up um and see because I can't remember a time before Magic Carps of Aladdin that's because I was eight years old when we were going when it opened so okay so you yeah you google that you google Google it it, and I'm gonna jump into the parade so I thought it was really cool there was a parade in every single park and part of the press releases from Walt Disney World was talking about Walt and parades and they talked about how when he was young Um, He saw parades, he saw circuses come to town, he really loved it, he would always watch them, and then when he opened Disneyland, he had this incredible um, chance to bring parades to the parks and to bring that excitement to the parks, Um, and so he... 
you know, it, Disneyland had parades since the opening day, which we talked about in our Disneyland opening video, that there were a lot of parades that day and a lot of different things coming down Main Street. So they had a parade in every single park, which I think is so cool. Um, and every single parade incorporated the, su the Suite of Dreams music, which was written specifically for the celebration. Um, and so in Magic Kingdom, it was called Share a Dream Come True. And the parade featured Mickey and 100 Disney characters which I think is so cool that this is just kind of like a hundred day of school vibe where everything is about the number 100. Um, they had a hundred different characters in the parade, which is so cool. I would yeah. love to see a hundred different characters coming down main street, all different kinds of characters, all kinds of like characters that we don't get to see very often, especially back in 2001, that must have been awesome. So that parade sounded absolutely incredible. And in the videos, you get to see a little bit of it. It looked just really, really cool. Okay. I'm still trying to look. I can't, I can't find something immediate. It's very hard look. to search for like, what is the random building that used to be where yes. the magic carpets of Aladdin are? It probably, honestly, it was probably was just like a, a building. building where they, like yeah. they probably sold like, maybe like but a it's so weird to think of a building, right? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like maybe just like a little souvenir hut, which it's even harder to find information about the nitty gritty yeah. of that kind of thing. Yeah. But while Kate is still looking, we hear her click clacking away. <laughs> I'm going to move on to, um, I'm going in kind of a weird order um, to talk about the parks based on like how much each park had, I guess. Okay. So Dino-Rama was new. So they were yes. calling it a mini land in the press releases. They were specifically talking about the rides in that location. That was new, newish for this celebr for this celebration. New enough that they were pushing it in the press releases. Also in that video, they were pushing it there. And then in I didn't see it in the standard commercials because I watched a couple of like the, the TV commercials and I didn't see a push for that for Dino Rama. Um, yeah. But it definitely was new enough that it was in that that big long video that that well I'm sure we'll refer to a couple of times mm. also in that video I thought it was really cool they were pushing um, Tower of Terror which again at this time was still a very new ride and so I thought that was really cool and in Disney's Animal Kingdom they had a parade called Mickey's Jammin Jungle Parade which sounds so cute um, Dak Lodge was also brand new and so was Pop Century so again in the press Wait. releases those were the two places that were announced Kate has something Wait. do you have something about Pop Century because yes. I feel like you would yes. I knew you would I knew you would Kate is like Sis. she knows everything about pop sensory i'm pulling out my sheets of paper okay <laughs> so i just need to note from this video they are marketing pop century resort as opening march 2002 spoiler alert it did not open until december 14 2003 why you may ask bum, bum, bum. the tourism crash there was a tourism crash for um after following 9 11 we'll cover the uh, we'll cover this a little bit more because of some other things that happened but, um, yeah, basically, they thought that this resort was going to open March 2002, which would have still been pretty early on in the celebration. Um, but it ended up opening well after the celebration was over in December um, of 2003. And the reason why this is important and that I'm highlighting it is only half of Pop Century's original plans even opened. The mm -hmm. other half of it mm -hmm. that had started to get built, and we'll cover this in another episode, sat there vacant for years until they eventually finished with Art of Animation. So anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but I just wanted to point that out. I love out. it. The only I one, knew Kate would know. The only one that actually opened around this time was 
Animal Kingdom Lodge, but it opened in April of 2001. So it was it was new, but it didn't open like with the celebration. It was like mm-hmm. brand new though. Anyway, back yeah. to what you were saying. So basically that's what it made it seem like in the press release. It was like Dak Lodge is brand new, mm-hmm. but we're going to have Pop Century open. But I thought that I remembered you saying, I was like, I don't think it opened in 2001. No. So the press release, uh, like I think that's fun to see like what was promised and then what kind of slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And it definitely did push in the press release Pop Century being open Mm -hmm. and so yeah so magic we talked about animal kingdom we talked about animal kingdom lodge epcot had just as we spoke about at the beginning of this episode they had just had the millennium celebration so for that they had the tapestry of nations street festival and for the hundred years celebration that street festival expanded which makes a lot of sense because you're not gonna you know i'm sure they wanted to optimize the use of that parade as long as they could um and so that wasn't really like a big push in anything i really saw i think especially because it had been there and they just added some new stuff yeah they renamed it tapestry of dreams i think to go (gasps) along they did um they renamed it tapestry of dreams um and that i think was to just go along with the nomenclature of hundred years of magic colon share a dream come true that's what the celebration Mm -hmm. was called so that's how they threw the dream in there I love that. And then we get to Disney's Hollywood Studios where they had kind of the coolest stuff. The first thing that I was so excited to see them pushing because I know it was out before this celebration, but it was still new, were the Playhouse Disney shows. The Playhouse Disney shows are some of the only things I remember from my childhood. My mom loved Bear in the Big Blue House. Me too. And a few years ago, when my dad was moving, he found my mom's bear plushie. I had the little lemur, but I can't find that. I would kill to have that Bear in the Big Blue House lemur plushie, but we found the Bear in the Big Blue House one, and it's so funny because the bear was mine, and the the no the bear was my mom's and the lemur was mine and so for those of you who don't know my mom passed a few years ago and when my dad found this plushie he gave it to my grandma to hold because he was moving and didn't want to lose it and he gave it to her and made it like it was the most important thing in the world and she called me a few days later and was like what the heck is this bear and why is your dad like telling me like not to breathe on it um so it was really cool I love that so yes, they were pushing the Playhouse Disney shows with Bear in the Big Blue House and Roly Poly Oli. I want both of those shows on Disney Plus so badly. I will not know true peace until I can watch those shows regularly. Can I just make a note about the Playhouse Disney show? Um, of course. So the original version was just Bear in the Bl- Big Blue House themed. He was. We'll have to cover him in the parks later. Like we'll have to do an mm-hmm. episode on that. But my point I'm making is actually with the celebration, we did see a new version of the show. It was originally see, I didn't know that. it was originally um, Bear in the Big Blue House theme, but on October first, two thousand one, we saw Playhouse Disney live on stage come into play so it wasn't just bear bear in the big blue house anymore it touched Mm -hmm. more on all of it but i thought that was interesting that the official opening was the same yes roly poly and it was the yes i missed that show but um it had a soft opening a few weeks before on september 24th but the official opening date was october 1st which is the same as the celebration i thought that was interesting. so cool i think that's so awesome then yeah. for let's see they had a lot of stuff for their parade in dac now again i mean i'm reading off my notes and saw dac for the parade in disney's hollywood studios remember there's so much more in that park because it's like the host of the celebration they had a parade 
and Disney's Hollywood Studios that let me tell you, at least according to the press release, I don't know how much of this actually happened in the parade. I'm Mm -hmm. assuming it did. Um, But this parade was made for me. And the fact that I didn't get to see it is a travesty. So it was called Disney Stars and Motor Cars. It had a Lasman and Jadden. (laughs) Aladdin and Jasmine. It had Luke Skywalker, Roly Polioli, Miss Piggy. Okay, so three of my favorites right there. Then Mary Poppins, Mickey Mouse, and more. But for me, Luke Skywalker, Roly Polioli, and Miss Piggy. What? Why? What kind of fever dream has them all together in a parade That's that was need, made baby. for me? Why did I not get to experience this? Unfair but amazing. It said, we're all on hand for a Hollywood celebration honoring Walt Disney's 43-year career in motion pictures. So I thought it was cool that they put together a couple different characters. But even though Disney had like partnerships with Star Wars, I still thought it was crazy that Luke Skywalker was in the parade because Walt didn't really touch that at all. Like at all at all. He was dead. Did you did you end up seeing some of the floats, like cars from the parade? I did. I watched some of it, but okay. I saw just like the sketches. I didn't see them actually okay. in the parade Well, format. you need to go back and look at that after the fact. There was a genie-shaped car that Aladdin and Jasmine rode I in. did see that. I did see that. Um, you know, it was it was really cool how they were. They had a bear in the big blue house car. That was really cool, and it has house on the back of the car. Um, the bear in the blue house car. Yes, like that. he was sitting. I want to drive it. He was sitting in it, and then they had the house like on the trunk part, and all his little That's friends what I were chilling to be in the driving. house. Um, so <laughs> they had a Power My dream Rangers car. car. Um, I think in true Mikey Eisner fashion, they were just mm-hmm, pulling out mm-hmm. all the stops with MGM Studios. I miss. Um, so I think we that's miss why you, we, Michael. So I think that's why we had like Power Rangers, Star Wars, mm-hmm. all of that going on. So. Yeah, absolutely. Totally makes sense. 100%. Mikey Again, Mikey. looking at it through the eyes of Mikey, totally makes sense. <laughs> I just was kind of like, what the heck? Like they're putting every Disney partnership or every partnership they had, but like it's supposed to be a celebration of Walt's career. So you'd think they'd use more classic characters. But yeah. anyway, sounds amazing. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. Absolutely no hate from me. No. The next thing that they had at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which I think is so cool, I had no idea that this attraction was from this celebration. It still remains one of my very favorites. Kate, do you know what it is? Oh, girl, you know I know what it is. It is my favorite attraction in MGM Studios, DHS. Honestly. Disney Studios, if you will. Disney Studios, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) It is Walt Disney One Man's Dream. If you don't cry in there, you're not on our level. Um, So it originally had Walt's working office and a recreation of the Project X Florida room, which it doesn't have anymore. But this was one of the first times, I don't know if this was one of the first times that pieces from the archives were for the public to see, or if it was one of the first times that these specific pieces from the archives, it said it in one of the press releases, but it wasn't clear if it was Mm -hmm. saying that this was the first time there was like a museum style pop-up that had pieces from the archives, or if it was just the first time these specific pieces had been seen. Either way, really cool. Walt Disney One Man's Dream still is a really, really cool location in Disney's Hollywood Studios. If you haven't gone to see it, like it's still there. It's still amazing. The film, I don't know if the film has changed over the years, but I'm assuming assuming it hasn't because it is narrated by Julie Andrews which yes. like that's amazing Icon. that is 100 year worthy well I will say sadly the part before the movie is a shell of itself now I feel like there was so much more to do on the inside of one man's dream when it first opened and now it's just become kind of a 
commercial area for whatever new film they have going on. Anytime that I actually see One Man's Dream playing at the One Man's Dream Mm -hmm. area, I stop in and watch it again. And it's become a must-do for me if I bring somebody who isn't a huge Disney fan or only goes every 10 years or so. If they're on a trip with me, it is a requirement that we sit in and we watch One Man's Dream. And every single time they walk out with so much appreciation for Walt and what he did. And I think that's the entire point of the attraction, especially since you said 15% of people didn't know Walt Disney was a real person. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that they did this. Yeah. And I think it's a very cool attraction because you know what? It's the only piece of this celebration that remained here. Like I know we had the Sorcerer's Hat for a long time, but it's remained there for 20 years. And like, okay, let's say the Sorcerer's Hat was still up today. That wouldn't give us any, the educational piece of this celebration. So I think it's really cool that they made something that was from this celebration that was not only lasting, but lasting in a way that it allowed us to continue celebrating the celebration and continue that goal of educating people on who Walt Disney was all these years later. Um, And so I think that brings us to the last major thing at um, Hollywood Studios, which of course, of course, was the Sorcerer Mickey's hat. Oh, wait, I thought you were going to touch on the who wants to be a millionaire play it thing. I was yes. really expecting you to bring Oh my god. That up, I'm girl. I'm so sorry. How did I forget? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Kate thinks that I was going to bring this up because I was texting her earlier this morning asking her questions about freaking um uh uh where I can't find it in my notes. Okay, here we go. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. So on <laughs> April 7th, 2001, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I loved this show as a kid. Um it opened as like an attraction, a game show that you could participate in at Disney Studios slash Disney's MGM (laughs) Studios slash Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, It opened, you could participate in it. It kind of reminds me of like what would be the American Idol experience a few years later, kind of the same, like you get to participate in the game show. The show ran on TV and it's weird because I was telling Kate there were a lot of different runs of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. There was like the original, then there was one that came out a few years later that ran every single day instead of once a week. But the original run of the show that this was based on was from 1999 to 2002, the one with Regis Philbin. So. I thought it ran much longer than that with him as the host, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because other people have hosted it since. And I still always think of him as the host and he hosted it for like the shortest period of time. But I thought this was a really cool partnership because it was one of Disney's newer subsidiaries, ABC. Mm -hmm. They hadn't owned ABC for like a super, super, super long time at this point. And this was an ABC show that was doing really, really well. People liked it. And I think it, it worked well with, you know, the park, bringing in the TV, the television aspect of Hollywood, um, allowing people to get in on that experience. And so, yeah, I I thought it was really cool. Well, what I thought was really funny about this whole partnership and game show experience was that when, and we'll go into this when we talk about MGM Studios as a whole one day, but the one thing that MGM Studios was lacking that Universal Studios was not is that their sound stages at MGM Studios were not soundproof. So they couldn't record any shows on property while the park was running. So my mindset is 
10 years after this park opened, they're still trying to find use for these sound stages that they can't use during the day. So they said, oh, let's go ahead and do our own version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, mm-hmm. play it, and it's it'll use up one of these sound stages. So um, I, I thought that was kind of funny because it obviously wasn't the real show, but it was a take yeah. on it that people could experience because they owned, ABC owned it, and they owned ABC. So... Yeah. Very, very cool. Thank you for reminding me. It was like buried in my notes for some reason. And I got really excited about the hat. So that brings us to finally, not a joke this time. Now the Sorcerer Mickey's hat, which I know so many people love. I never got to experience it in person. And I don't want to say I have a hate relationship with it. I never went when it was up. I I, I don't think. Wait a minute. Maybe I did. Let me Google when they took it down and you can introduce us to the hat. Because maybe I did. Well, for me... I love the hat because it was a part of my Disney experience for over 10 years. But MGM, Disney Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios, depending on who you ask, it went through so many icon changes. Initially, the park was, um, you know, it was the the weenie, as they call it, was obviously the great movie ride, the Chinese theater. Mm-hmm. Then they ended up doing the water tower, which will always be the icon for me as far as MGM no. Studios is concerned. Yes. No. It is. The earful tower. Okay. So no. then you've got... The Mickey Sorcerer hat, which I had no hate towards the Mickey Sorcerer hat. I loved it. I feel like it really fit in well on the map as far as showing off the park icons are concerned. And that's obviously why the Tower of Terror is the icon on Mm -hmm. maps now because it's tall. Yeah. And it's a weenie that people can look at. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> but uh, we'll cover that one day, I guess. But anyway, um, so the Mickey Sorcerer hat was 122 feet tall, 12 stories. It had the big golden ears. And it looks like, I don't remember it having a huge 100 in front of it, but I've seen artwork of it having a huge 100 in front of it. I think it did just for the celebration just for the year. and they removed yeah. it. Yeah, that just like sense. with Epcot when it had the 2000 yeah. and they removed it and put Epcot. Um, so I'm seeing that it was removed in 2015 and so no, I never got to experience wow. it in person. But one of the things that drives me crazy and I don't know why I feel so passionately about this, I guess it's because of my love of um, the great movie ride and also how much work went into the Chinese theater, like how much work and dedication went into recreating mm-hmm. that building so it was exactly like the one in California and Hollywood is that people literally still to this day say I saw a TikTok the other day where someone was like well I don't know what the icon is in Hollywood Studios anymore because the Mickey hat is gone the Mickey hat was never supposed to be an icon and listen I don't think that's consumers faults because Disney no Disney did start treating it like an icon like they put it on merchandise as if it was an icon Mm -hmm. and it totally covered the Chinese theater for um like 14 years so um it totally makes sense to me why that would happen and they didn't know what what the icon was and as I mentioned I understand I understand that Disney really didn't make it very clear because they did make it like the earful the I keep saying the earful tower they did make it like the hat was the icon and once it was gone people were kind of like okay well what's the icon now the park is iconless which just makes me so mad especially when you watch there's a documentary on the opening of Hollywood Studios Mm -hmm. and they talk about how much work how much painstaking work went into the the Chinese theater Mm -hmm. and all of the cool things they did outside of it and I just can't believe that we ever let that not be the icon and of course right now it's the Tower of Terror so when people say that I'm like it is the biggest attraction in the park what are you talking about but anyway part of I digress part of me makes kind of 
wonders, though, if it had anything to do with the Grauman's Chinese Theater, and that's maybe why they ended up so shortly after the park opening switched to the switching to the Earful Tower, and then eventually, hmm. because remember, they had to call it the Chinese Theater, like just the Chinese Theater, not the Grauman's Chinese Theater, because they couldn't get that permission from them. So maybe they thought it would just be easier and less confusing to have a different icon than the Chinese theater since it's like a real place in Hollywood. That's the only thing I could yeah, think. Yeah, maybe. But, maybe. But I was with you as far as when they did finally take down the hat. I was like, good. People will be getting the view of the Chinese theater again, which is the original we made right? for this park. I was excited about it. And then here we go. Bam. Sunset Boulevard. We're focusing on Tower of Terror. I get it because it's one it's the second tallest attraction on property, but I was annoyed. I was hoping that they were going to shine a light on our on the on the Chinese theater again. Maybe now that it's got the big marquee, marquee. For, for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, maybe they'll start mm-hmm. making their way back. But remember yeah. on Twitter how people went nuts over the marquee without doing any research and realizing that that's what marquees looked like on the Chinese theater in the time Imagine. for movies. Imagine. Matt wouldn't be me. Would not be me. I also, I remember I was on vacation or I was at Hollywood (laughs) Studios one day for something and this woman was talking on the phone to the rest of her party and trying to tell them where to meet her. And she was like, yeah, it looks just like the Chinese theater. It's crazy. Like she didn't know that it was supposed to be the Chinese theater, but she was in shock that it looked just like it. And I was like, how do you, it's a Hollywood park. And as you said, it looks just like the Chinese, like what? Yeah. Like, yes, that's what it is. So anyway. Moving on. Love, love hearing that. That was a digression. But yes, the ear hat. And I wonder why they picked Mickey's sorcerer hat to be the kind of the icon of this celebration, which it was cute. It's very cute. I wonder that too. The only thing I could think is uh, they were probably trying to find some way to tie in Mickey and his hat Mm -hmm. was an icon that they could make larger than life. Um, Yeah. But Now that we talked, oh, wait, we still have one more park. I'm forgetting. There's so much. (laughs) But I was going to say, I did want to touch on what was underneath the sorcerer hat. Did you have anything on that? No. Oh, okay. Well, underneath the sorcerer hat, um, there was obviously the pin trading station, which stayed there until it eventually got removed. But initially, the whole reason behind the sorcerer's hat was um, they had these discover the stories behind the magic kiosks. Which yes, I will touch on later because I I I found out a little bit more about them. I had thought they were only in Hollywood Studios under that hat or Disney Studios at the time. Um, but the whole point was to educate people about Walt Disney, and they were eventually removed in two thousand three, and it was just the pin trading station after that. Mm-hmm. But um, I did want to touch on that while we were in the park. I do want to talk a little bit more about the idea as a whole after we talk about the parks, but. Just wanted to touch well, on no, that. that was the last park. We talked about everything else. Oh, we talked about Dak. You're right. I'm for yeah, some reason I, I was thinking. I know we were I about jumped Dak. around in a weird order. I know, um, but yes, and I I actually think that's a perfect lead in. Is is the kiosks because I thought that was so cool and the picture of them is so cute yes. and I wish that I got to use them. Me like, too. Like, why didn't? Where are they now? Can I have one in my house? Like, they're I know. so cool. So what I thought was really cool is that they put them in all four parks because, like I said, I'd heard of these. But I, for some reason, I thought they were only under the Sorcerer Hat. But the fact that they had them in Magic Kingdom, Epcot, MGM, and DAC, I thought was really yeah. cool. Each of them had um, six questions, six multiple choice questions. And um, the only downside, at least when it was opening, I read like a, 
uh, article about it was that there were only 24 questions total for these. So you, mm. if you went on any of the kiosks in Animal Kingdom, it was the same six questions. Um, so if you answered mm. them once, you did it. Um, and they were saying that they were hoping they would eventually add more questions um, in time. I don't know if they ever did. Mm-hmm. But you could find them at Magic Kingdom on the in the Town Square Exposition Hall, um, Epcot at Interventions East, MGM Studios under the hat, obviously, and then at um, DAC, it was outside of um, the Disney Outfitter shop on Discovery Island. Very cool. That was such a cool thing that they did. I also think, so pins back then were really, really cool. Not that pins now aren't really, really cool, but just the old ones mm-hmm. always seem so much cooler. And they had what they called magical moment pins. Yes. And these were five different pins that would interact with different attractions and fireworks. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is so cool. So did you... D- Especially for the time, like for 2001, like that is cool as heck. Well, I didn't even know these existed until we were researching this topic but the technology behind this at the time must have been so cool um they Mm -hmm. said apparently they would light up at the first and last float during any of the parades during the celebration they would light up at certain attractions like tower of terror um but also when you were doing the trivia questions on these kiosks if you got the answer correct really it would light up apparently they said so if you got the answer correct it would light up so i had seen these pins before just from like pin trading and pin mm-hmm. collecting but I thought they just lit up like I thought you, you know what I mean I didn't know that it yeah. was like, interactive until Me we did either. this research which is really really cool and um apparently they were $15 and they came with extra batteries um and there were five designs because there was one for each park and then the fifth design was 100 years of magic themed so yeah really cool, cool. I, I wish I would have gotten one my family was not big into pins so that's why mm. I wouldn't have gotten one but I thought it was such a cool concept the technology behind it Mm-hmm. At that time, amazing. I remember when I was on my college program, we got ears that interacted with the shows. Oh. And I thought that was cool as heck. And I thought that was crazy. And that was like not that long ago. And I was super impressed. So yeah, I think that brings us, I have a couple of different little partnerships that they did and things that I thought were cool that happened like outside of the parks to talk about, you know, this celebration are you ready to dive into well, that? Well, I have, have one more thing that's parks related um, that I wasn't yes. sure if you found it or not. But um, for this 100 Years of Magic celebration, they had special cast member tags, um, very similar to what they're talking about doing for the 50th celebration coming up. They're having special tags for that celebration. Um So these tags, they were white and oval, but what made them special was that um, at the bottom, instead of having the cast members hometowns, you were Mm -hmm. you were getting a personal magical memory of theirs. So it might say like 1964 World's Fair or Disney Lunchbox. So they would share like a personal Disney memory they had instead of their hometown on their name tag. I thought you would think that was fun since you are a CM. I do. Yeah. I love... That's so crazy to say that again. Um, I love looking at old name tags. So that's really cool to see all the different cool things they've. That's really really awesome. Yeah, that's I so love that. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that. that. Um, so of course, of all the different partnerships, the first one I want to talk about is McDonald's because, as yes. you know from our McDonald's episode, we loved when they partnered. And it's funny because I don't remember looking at this campaign and seeing what I found today when we did our research oh, on really? McDonald's. I'm excited. Yeah. Then. 
So obviously in our McDonald's episode, we talk about the glasses that they had for this mm-hmm. celebration and we've all seen them before. Really cute. But I watched today a super sweet commercial and it was basically kids in the McDonald's play area mm-hmm. and they were playing duck, duck, goose. But in, they would say like duck, duck, duck. But instead of saying goose, they were saying a Disney character name. And it's funny because the two that they used were Mickey or no, no, no. They just said mouse. So it's not really a character name. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, so they're doing Duck, Duck, Mouse instead for Mickey. But then when they went around the second time, they said Quasimodo. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But what I thought was really cool, and again, I did not see this when we did our our initial McDonald's research, was that there was, um, you know, that was a commercial for the event. And then there were 100 toys to collect. (gasps) Again, very much 100 Day of School vibes, but 100 toys to collect. And each one was a different character, a Disney iconic character. And they had like special Happy Meal boxes. But I thought that was so cool. Like think about that from a marketing perspective and what a win that must have been for McDonald's. 100 toys to collect. Can you imagine like if you wanted all 100 toys and you know there are people who did? Oh, yeah. It would have been me if I was 20 years older. I would have definitely wanted all of them. Like, that's crazy. I wish I could have gone back and told myself at eight years old to get my mom to collect all 100. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool with their little partnership with McDonald's. Of course, if you want to learn more about the McDonald's partnership and other things that might have been going on at this time, you can go back in our episodes, and we have an episode on the McDisney partnership. Um, But I just thought that was really, really cool. The commercial was super cute. And yeah, I really love that. And I know you had a really cool partnership that you found. As far as, I guess, I don't know if it's called a partnership, but I found this really weird magical special that they had. Yeah, um, that wouldn't really be a partnership because that's like on their own subsidiary. So yeah. just like something, they, a marketing push. I, it yeah, was really I cool. thought this was interesting. Um, so basically on one of Disney's channels at that time, I'm assuming maybe Disney Channel, they were showing, they were airing The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. So during the commercial breaks, they had Lindsay doing these little minute and a half segments where she would visit each of the parks and highlight something going on during the 100 years of magic celebration but what made this so truly disney so truly 2001 for me was she she says you know something along the lines of um you know i hope you're enjoying the parent trap um i'm here at disney man i wish i had a twin in real life because there's so much to cover all of a sudden a second version of her in a different outfit with a british accent just like the twins from parent trap pops up and her and her second Lindsay, she, she called them both Lindsay, was sitting there in a British accent also talking about the parks. And I just thought it was fun that they tied in both the movie, which I'm sure was an exciting thing for people to be watching at that time on TV. You know, they probably had been marketing it for a while that they were going to show it. But in between, they had these fun commercial clips where she was riding all of the attractions and seeing all the shows that were um, the features of this celebration. They even had a cuppy appearance. It was it was really cool. It was only five minutes total. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I just thought that was a really fun crossover between different Disney entities for the park celebration. Yes, 100%. I think it was so much fun. I, I think that's so cool. I would have loved to have been here for this celebration. It was definitely one of the coolest ones that they've done like just looking backwards I don't know it's just they they did so much and I, I think they did such a great job 
I would love to step into the minds of the Disney executives and promotion team when this was launching on October 1st, 2001, right after mm-hmm. 9-11, because... If you watch this planning video, which was probably recorded in 2000 before 9-11 happened, they had such big grandeur plans for this celebration. And obviously a lot of it did happen, but back then they were still marketing River Country because River Country would not close until November of 2001. Um, mm-hmm. So anybody watching that video is expecting Disney to still have three three water parks when they came. They thought Pop Century would be opening in March. Um, you know, so it's, it is crazy, um, to, to just think of how they had to kind of push through, um, what eventually would become such a crash for the industry with the lack of travel. Um, but some of my most memorable trips were in that 2001, 2002 timeframe because we went multiple times in the year. The tickets were cheap, rooms were cheap, no one was really in the parks, Um, so it's just kind of crazy to see such a big and exciting celebration was planned for that time period. And it ended up being such a not like not profitable time for the theme parks, um, just a few months later. Yeah. I think that's, it's totally crazy to think about the juxtaposition of the two, um, and to think about how crazy the timing is, it kind of reminds me of what just happened Mm -hmm. and not that the parks are not getting to where they were, but you know, we've been talking about the 50th anniversary way, way, way oh, before yeah. COVID happened. And then when COVID started and the parks closed and it was kind of like, okay, well, what's going to happen with this celebration? And it's still happening, but it's crazy. It's, you know, the same it's kind of thing happening be. where, uh, and I was talking the other day, I can't wait to see like the food and merchandise options. Mm-hmm. And I wish we could see more of like, did they do any special food for the hundred year celebration? That yeah. would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the kind of stuff that I feel like nobody like remembers or writes down, but uh, yeah, such a crazy juxtaposition between the two. And it's crazy to kind of think it's happening again, but it's amazing. I think it just goes to show like what they still pull off and, and you know mm-hmm. how crazy and amazing the different um, offerings we have are. I agree. I will say I found that there were like pass holder exclusive pins for at least MGM Studios for the celebration, which I was surprised about because I wouldn't have even thought about pass holder exclusive type stuff like 20 years ago. Um, So I I thought it was really cool that they were doing pass holder exclusive stuff even back then. Um, But yeah, I was also curious about food offerings like that. And like you said, back then the blogs and stuff just really weren't focusing in on Mm -hmm. those details. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think if I had anything else in particular. Um, I did think it was interesting that they really pushed having a new parade of some sort for all four parks. Mm-hmm. I think that just goes to show where promotional mindset was and maybe even the surveys that they had been getting from people who visited the parks, what they loved yeah. about the parks. Um, I'm trying to think if I had anything else that I wanted to touch on. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I mean, I think that was everything for me. There was so Mm -hmm. much just like good stuff and it was such a cool time in the parks. I really loved learning about this this week because I really didn't know how much this centered around Walt. And so that was really cool, especially as a really big Walt fan to learn Mm -hmm. about that was just amazing. I agree. Um, I... I know we we've discussed having a second episode to dive more into like partnerships and stuff during this. Um, I I think that's a great idea because I would love to look more into the share a dream song that they were using in all the commercials. It gave me very much time to remember the magic 
vibes. Um, and I would love to see if we could find more information on that. There's just, there was so much with this 18 month celebration. Um, and I, I, I really did. I enjoyed looking into it too. Fast Pass was still fairly new too. Apparently it only mm-hmm. started in 1999. So I know that was a big push on the video. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. So potentially, most likely there will be a <laughs> bonus episode where we dive even further into the marketing. As you know, we kind of talked about in this whole episode, we kind of focused more on what the celebration was. And yeah. we only had a couple little tidbits about marketing um, and about PR. And that's really what this podcast is focused on. So be on the lookout because we definitely will have a bonus episode um, for the 100 Years of Magic, which was just such an incredible celebration. Um, so that's it for this week. Make sure if you want to come and find us, you can find us on Instagram. My name on Instagram is at Josie Maida. And I am at Kate Killebrew. And then if you want to find the Carousel Project Podcast on Instagram, it's called just that, Carousel Project Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to share a little bit more about the 100 Years of Magic. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Join us for a year-long celebration as we remember the 100th birthday of the man who started it all.